0: You can't save us. We don't
1: wanna be safe. Can't save us. We don't 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 wanna be safe. Can't save us. We
2: don't wanna be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of White People Would Save You. Normally, this is a podcast where we deconstruct white savior films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. But we're doing something special today in honor of a very, very amazing film that we just want to gush about and talk about. That's right. Um, <laughs> we have a very <laughs> special guest. Uh, we're very excited to talk with them about this film. Uh, we'd love to have them on again just to, to talk more in depth because they wrote a book called Real Inequality, which is basically this podcast it's basically (laughs) about inequality in hollywood uh for asian and african-american and latino actors and actresses and just how uh, it's it's very obvious but you know like there's a lot deeper that it goes in terms of just how uh you know people have been limited in those roles but also just like it's systemic, right? Like, it's kind of, it's not by accident. <laughs> it's, it's systemic and it perpetuates, yeah. and that's the problem. Uh, but today we have a wonderful guest. This is Dr. Nancy Wenyun.
0: Hi, good to be here and happy to talk about the book, too. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's all related, you know? Sure, sure. Because every time there is Definitely. representation of uh, BIPOC that's good there's a history and also again the perpetuation of invisibility and stereotypes even as we have amazing films and representation
2: yes Uh, well we're we're, we're all here to talk about a movie and just we're gonna get this out of the way spoiler 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 we're gonna talk about everything so if you don't if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once yet stop listening to this go do that uh, and then come back and listen to us because <laughs> you can't you can't there's no way to talk about this movie ambiguously like it's there's so much to get into and like it's very difficult to just describe the film if you haven't seen it but uh, it's I've, dense on purpose yes um, we just want to start out with just everybody's just general impression so Nancy um, you know after after the movie you know cut off and you're sitting there looking at the credits like what's what's going through your mind?
0: Well, I got to see it a couple of times um, uh, one day before the LA opening and then the LA opening that had like, oh my gosh, like Ali Wong was there, all these like really cool, important people and all sorts of people that weren't even Asian, you know, that were there just watching the film. And and so the, the both of the experiences with the theater of folks that were excited about the film, I think the first time I saw it, it was just kind of awe, right? I think I, it's it's rare to see a movie that, kind of blows you away in in terms of things that you've never really seen before. I knew it was a multiverse film going in. I mean, the the trailer was incredible, right? So you're already pumped mm-hmm. up. And then I heard everybody say how awesome it was, and it still exceeded my expectations, right? So yeah. that's I think the whole spoiler, even if we tell you what it is, I think you'll still be surprised by the yeah. film because there's no way to describe it, I think, visually and and just um, the performances. Like, even if we say, oh, my gosh, all of them had award-winning performances, they all play kind of multiple characters, you have to really see it to believe it, right? And, yeah. and we can say yeah. someone has hot dog hands, but <laughs> until you see it on screen, you have no idea what, you're, what we're talking about. Exactly. And So it's just a very... It's, it, it genre breaks and bends. And it, I think, I think just kind of the entire filmmaking film watching experience. It's, it just explodes it.
2: Yeah. Cameron, you've been, you've been telling me about this movie since you've seen it every day. Uh, So, I mean, just tell us a little bit about how you felt after you saw it the first time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We really haven't had a chance to discuss it all. I We've recorded maybe two episodes since I've seen it and all I've been wanting to do at the end of every episode is be like, Jordan, what do you think? What do you think? What's going on? We got got to talk about this. We have to talk about this. I mean, it was kind of like, like you said, genre bending, genre breaking. And like you said, again, like you do have to see it for yourself. I could tell you, you know, it's about uh, a Chinese immigrant family running a laundromat, dealing with some monetary issues some family issues and I tip of the iceberg tip of the iceberg. Cause literally the movie gives you something to think about and then gives you two more ways to think about it. Um, I think the way I put it on Twitter was the best way I can sum it up, honestly, which is if I saw this when I was 12 or something like that, this would be my star Wars. Yeah. Like this would be the thing that inspires me to, be a part of film like this is just it's so exciting and so new and so like I literally I'm seeing things that I've never seen before but I'm also seeing things that's like oh I could I could do that if I put a camera on the edge of something and like you know there's the scene with the fanny pack fight scene where like the camera's on the fanny pack as he's spinning it around it on the floor to sweep the leg and I was like I could do that but that's like it's great to see it you know it's great to see fight scenes do something new It's great to see fight scenes tell different stories. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just, I feel like it's just an inspiration, honestly, more so than anything. It's just incredibly inspiring.
0: That fanny pack scene, I think, really is so interesting (laughs) in terms of representation. Because I think, you know, we think of fanny packs as kind of, you know middle-aged, maybe um, kind of suburban, I don't know, parents. I like that,
1: no, middle-aged is right, middle-aged is correct. And,
0: and he is, right? But then mm-hmm. it's like, the what he does with it kind of explodes that idea that Boom. hey, you know, we can take something that is so kind of um, boring and ridiculous <laughs> and make it the most exciting weapon you've ever seen in your life <laughs> For so real, though. And I, I tweeted about how he kind of single-handedly breaks the model minority nerdy Asian stereotype because oh, you, yeah. see him, you see him in that kind of role, and then you see him with the fanny pack, and then you see what he does with the fanny pack. He pretty, pretty much uh, kicks everyone's asses, like, in that scene. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then he, you know, in another dimension, he is, he looks like Tony Leong from In the Mood for Love, mm-hmm. and he's hot. Like, really, really <laughs> hot. And it's the same guy, you know, his hair is slicked back a little bit but man it's like whoa you know we are all those things if you yes. see us on the street yeah. you might stereotype <laughs> us but we're beyond what you see so I, I just love that about that
2: oh, yeah. Well, and we're, and we're talking specifically about Kihei Kwan and we're talking about his his character Weyman uh, and I think one of the things that I love so much about this movie is that like there's, there's the textual right and then there's the meta textual right yes. because this is a movie about a woman's life that you're you're seeing it from all these different perspectives and all these different points but it's really about the 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 joke is that you know she's the perfect person to save the multiverse because she's bad at everything right and so she's right. created all these different versions of herself that she can then tap into to to use the power to save the world and, mm-hmm. and all the different multiverses but you know it is like you know michelle ya has had a very great career right she's done a lot of amazing things a lot of incredible things uh but me and nancy were talking before we started just about like she's never been like the top build star of a movie specifically an american film and the fact that when you look at a lot of these careers i mean look, the people in this movie first of all are incredible right but specifically you got michelle Yao, right you've got kiki kwan and then you've got james Huang, right and they're mm-hmm. all these people who you, it, it's it's difficult to say. I mean, Ki Kwan specifically, you can say has been limited, right? Because he came on the scene, um, you know, Data and the Goonies and then Short Round and, and Temple of Doom. And it was like, wow, this kid, he's got a, he's got a career. He's going places. And then very quickly, he kind of just fell out of favor. Like people were saying, he said himself, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, when you're the cute Asian kid, it's like, we've got roles for you. But when you're like a 20 year old and then you're a 30 year old and then you're a 40 year old, it's kind of like, you wanna but, you wanna act in a movie? But honestly,
1: I mean I would say his career is just as legendary as his co stars, honestly, well, because those two roles are like iconic. iconic. Yes. You Straight know. up. You know?
2: But it's it's the it's the metatextual of like, you know, we're we're looking at a movie where it's a story about the limitations put on specifically, you know, Asian women and Asian immigrants and how mm-hmm. All these things that she could have been, all these opportunities she could have had, all these dreams that she has that she's now getting to live kind of vicariously di- through different versions of herself. And then she's got to come back to herself, you know what I mean? And kind yeah. of figure out like what that means. And it's like all these roles that you could have seen Kiki Kwan and you could have seen James James Wong, you know, like very James much James so. Han. Just James Han. James sorry, Han. Sorry, Han, sorry, sorry. H-O-N-G, Han. Yeah, James Han. Like he's been how many villains you know how many like kind of almost stereotypical oh my god asian villains and he's and he's done an incredible job right like he's done the (laughs) role but it's like but look at all these other things he could be and look all these other things he could do and specifically look at michelle yao in this movie where she's playing all these different versions of herself and we typically get to see her pretty much one way in a lot of the movies that she gets cast in but here she gets to i think a lot of those roles shrink you know, these actors, right, they have to be shrunken into these roles that fit what you think of specifically, uh, you know, with with data and short round, it's like, well, this is what you think of when you think of an Asian person, right? And like, he he does what he can in the role to kind of like, blow it up. And he's really great. And you really, it's really funny, you love him. But then you're like, but look at all these other things he can do, look at all these other ways that he can be himself and portray himself. Um, So I'm curious to think, or to hear what nancy and, and you cameron think about just kind of that that dual level of like you know the text within the film of like yes you know living all these multiple different lives but then meta textually about like specifically asians in film and in hollywood like the possibility of all the different things that they could be on film
0: now, there's a line that kiwi kwan says to michelle Yeoh's character so Wayman says to evelyn like you know all of your disappointments right have have come to this point And essentially kind of um, they've made you who you are and they can empower you, but um, but it is a lifetime of disappointments, right? And that really does describe Kiku Kwan, because I think that... I think about like leonardo dicaprio i think one of his first roles was what's eating gilbert grape maybe mm-hmm. i mean he was more of a lead than thinking yeah. but um but like you know from a child actor and he's had what how many roles and he can he can command any role right i don't i don't yeah, even right. think he has an, has an agent i think that's what i read that he doesn't <laughs> even need an agent he just like is that big and you know and the like it, People, kids of color who start out like like Leonardo DiCaprio, like they could have had that career too, but no sure. one was writing those roles. No one was thinking of them for their roles, right? No mm-hmm. one is even like for, for Asian and Asian-American actors, I feel like they're still confusing us for each other. I think Ali Wong is going through, you know, some some personal stuff, and then they mistook uh, Randall Park for her husband. her and, husband. And, 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 you know, like they can't even, I mean, Randall Park had like, what, a seven season, seven, eight season? Yeah. fresh off the boat, you know, and yeah. he's on WandaVision. I mean, he's in Marvel, for God's sakes, you know, but people can't even tell who he is. And I think that or don't
1: care to. You got to be honest. Don't right. care to. Right. That's don't really care. Right. Is.
0: They're not even doing. They're not even looking things up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of um, erasure and you know, and just disregard of Asians as talent, as um, as leads, as protagonists of stories, I think has really hurt these very talented actors' uh, careers. Yeah.
1: And not just, and not just necessarily lead. Leads in their own stories, but leads in stories in general, right? Yeah. Which is, like, so unfortunate because you literally got an actress who is a whole entire legend. Like, literally started their career alongside Jackie Chan. Like, and she's in Police Story 2, like, she's in Supercop and Police Story 2, like, right beside him. They're doing the exact same stunts, like, right next to each other. I actually and she watched does her stunts. own stunts,
0: too. She does her mm-hmm. own
1: stunts in... in uh, there's this uh, great story where, spoiler for Police Story 2 if you haven't seen that amazing movie, but um, she has kind of the big stunt at the end of the movie. She has, uh, rides a motorcycle onto a moving train, mm-hmm. and Jackie was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> she literally, when they were filming the movie, they were like, what am I supposed to do now? Uh, I have to Now I have to dangle from a helicopter in order yep. to outdo you in my own movie, because yep. you've already, like... Kill me. In my why own does he? Movie, why right? does he
0: need to outdo her? Right. This is the whole like, you know, why yeah. can't a, a a Asian woman shine in an action film? And I think that's what that's so that we didn't say that, but every everything everywhere all at once is also an action film, right? It certainly yes, is. Very much so. <laughs> lots of martial arts, lots of um interesting martial arts scenes. Interesting. Yeah. We could
1: say interesting, sure. <laughs> well
2: let's 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 talk about that for a little bit too because this sure. is what's so this is what blows me away about this film. And I think I was talking to you a little bit about this, Cameron, is that like this is a movie that shouldn't work, right? Because like so many different <laughs> yeah. things are happening all at once as apropos to the title. And like you're getting uh, uh drama about this family, you know, going through—they're going through a divorce. You know, like there's there's difficulties between the mother and the and the, and the daughter. There's generational differences. You know, like not wanting to tell uh, the grandfather that you know Joy is is queer and like trying to navigate all these different. So much is going on there, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's an action film and like almost like like a superhero level action film, right? And you're getting. Yeah these incredible like i want to shout out marshall club which is andy lee and brian lee who mm-hmm, did mm-hmm. the choreography and are if you see them they're they're the butt plug guys they're the two guys yeah. who fight michelle yeah with, with which butt is plug. like
1: honestly like a top tier fight sequence in the movie yes. <laughs> it's so strange like kind of gotta look away but also be like yeah this is crazy <laughs> well
2: the thing about it is like you you see all this like gonzo crazy over the top insane stuff even like hot dog fingers and rackacuni and like all this stuff that's just like this is absurd they're rocks at one point you're just like
1: they're rocks for a good couple minutes of the movie (laughs) but longer
0: than you expect for sure longer (laughs) than that scene should
1: go on and yet honestly i teared up during the rock sequence they're in the second part of it I was like, "Oh my god, I'm actually like fully feeling for these." Well, that's what I wanted to these say. Rocks.
2: Like, like. Hot Hot Dog Fingers is a three act structure, right? Because we yeah, introduced yeah. the Hot Dog Fingers as like just a re- like she Rent. she jumps too far. She goes to this place that shouldn't exist. Everybody's got hot dog fingers. It's a joke. Like they're biting into the fingers and mustard is and coming out. And then mustard out. and ketchup comes you know out. <laughs> I mean? Like it's, you're just like, this is all right. So they're just doing really dumb stuff now, right? Then we come back yeah. to hot dog fingers and uh, Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis are like in a crumbling relationship. And it's yeah. like very emotional and like it catches you off guard because like they're playing it straight. Like none of it's just like done for any comedy. And then you come back to Hot Dog Fingers at the ending where, you know, in an in incredible just sequence, right? You've got, um, you have got you know, Wayman is kind of, you know, telling her, like, I don't even know what, what version of Wayman we would call him uh, where they're in that alleyway and they're, and they're talking. And wrong car, why, Wayman? Wrong yeah. car, why, Wayman? <laughs> you know, it's just like, I would have loved nothing more than to do laundry and taxes with you, right? And it's just kind yeah. of like I she she kind of cuz the whole movie she's she's literally fighting right? she's literally fighting to like okay my life is falling apart i'm going to get it back you know no mm-hmm. matter what and like I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get my daughter back. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to fix my marriage. I'm going to do whatever I have to do. Well, I think the- she doesn't
0: immediately recognize that, though. It's yeah. a process, right? I it, think, yeah, it's, it's She, it's she goes on her the full growth. journey. Yeah, we I watch don't think she even realizes journey. that her marriage is falling apart. She didn't even know, right? That No, yeah. She didn't know that, spoiler that her daughter is the, you know, evil force <laughs> of the, of the multiverse. Yes. And so she doesn't know these things. And then once she finds out, then it's like something clicks and she, you know, she starts to work towards becoming the evelyn that you that that you want yeah. right so right. we
1: watch we watch it like hurt her and she has to rise above that in real time we watch her realize those things in real time
0: and which we're is realizing kind of like, it too along with yeah
2: it. yeah but then she she comes to the, the conclusion that like her like original i guess original appointment <laughs> <laughs> uh, is how to describe him like you see him throughout the movie and, you know, he's kind of like dancing in the background and like, he's goofy. And, Mm. but she's like, she comes to the conclusion, like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight like you, like, and and my fight isn't going to be like physically beating people up anymore, but like people are hurt and they're broken and they're going through things. And like, what can I do to help them? And so like the end of the hot dog fingers three act is like, she puts that back together you know what i mean like she she's like play me a song on the piano with your feet <laughs> with and it's just feet. like simultaneously absurd but also like moving and like that's the thing that this movie is able to do is like so many levels of things That everything bagel uh you know again rakakuni like all of this stuff is just like ridiculous but like you're also just like moved by it like genuinely
1: it's the third act of this movie is like how does it work? I want to, as like a, as like a screenwriter myself, I'm like, how does that process, right? You've literally got the hot dog fingers is uh, resolving. You got the bagel. You've got, you know, the relationship with Joy and Evelyn coming to a head. And also, there's that fight sequence that <laughs> she's literally like pummeling people with. Um, well, how do you say? um, uh resolution yeah 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 <laughs> she's pummeling people with like literal representations of resolutions of conflict yep <laughs> like a guy is missing his dog and he punches her he pu- she punches him and like she has a puppy and he's like happy again like that's incredible i was yes. i was literally like my jaw was on the floor like it's more than choreography it's more than fights it's it's a it's full you know it's like that full yeah.
2: feeling in your chest you know for sure. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the Daniels because it is interesting to track the beginning to now because if you are not familiar with them, they're the guys that did the turnout for what video. <laughs> yes. And uh a lot yes. of that energy bleeding over in this movie. Yes. And there's there's a lot of really interesting like narrative mm-hmm. coming from that because, you know, Daniel Kwan uh was part of the Daniels along with Daniel Shiner, like has talked about like just how weird of an experience that was for him because he goes from being part of this directing duo to being the star of this, you know, it billion viewed music video and it's like a very sexual <laughs> music video. Oh yeah. He's yeah. a he's an Asian man and like there's just a lot of just weird stuff that gets, you know, piled on top of that. And so you know, like at, at once he was like, "Man, that was like really bizarre to be like put out there in that way Mm. um but then like the support on the back end of that was like oh like i i belong here like i can do these things like i don't necessarily have to be confined to this one box you know where people are going to see me as you know asian director or like you know the asian part of this duo and like i'm kind of over here but like you know i don't get to be my full self but after that it was kind of like not even like i can do whatever i want but like but why not do what i want you know why not pursue the stories and things that i want to do um and cameron you've talked to me a little bit about this but like before this was coming along marvel had kind of keyed in on the daniels of like do you want to do that loki show and they turned down the loki show to make this to make this they were already Uh,
0: making this i think and so they wanted to they were they were cons- you know they wanted to focus on finishing this i mean that's that's a flex i rejected yes. marvel <laughs> to make everything everywhere all at once right? and this is i i can i haven't even seen the multiverse movie but i think this is better hmm. <laughs> i can't imagine oh, yeah, yeah. that doctor no. strange guy being anything close to this movie um that's how confident right we are in what what greatness we saw that there's no way marvel can match this so they were they were smart to try to tap daniels you know for for loki because loki was just okay to me you know
2: yeah and uh, i agree agree
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah i think this is oh gosh i i mean this movie is just gonna kind of mark them as geniuses essentially i mean if we know already um they they also did this episode of nora from queens mm-hmm. and that's with oh. stephanie shu yeah if you yeah. haven't seen that one it's like it's also it's similar in theme in the sense that you go through kind of a, a, a you you follow one character she's like i think um i mean stephanie Shu plays young grandma i think the
2: character's
0: name is just young grandma she's like she plays you know she plays a young version of uh, Nora's grandmother in the show and goes through her life and it, I remember watching and thinking this is the best episode of Nora from Queens and then I didn't realize yeah. that it was Daniels until I spoke to Stephanie Shu at the one of the premieres and she was like yeah that's how I met the Daniels and mm-hmm. this is and then that's why they tapped me for and they she said that I was going to follow them and do whatever they asked yeah. me to do from now yeah. on because I guess it's like once you see their work it's like I need to be that
1: now is yeah. that first season or second season because I, I did enjoy that show.
0: Oh, I don't even know. Um, okay, but if you just yeah, it's it's got Harry Shum Jr. too. So I'm you know, and he's also in the film as yeah. Ra- what was it, R- raccoon? R- yeah. Like it's ratatouille, but with a raccoon. Yeah. I mean, see, just saying it sounds
1: <laughs> it's just bizarre. I actually, I mean, I remember watching the movie and was like, okay, that's a funny idea, and then I'm like, oh no, I see him now we, we well, see well, him now <laughs>
2: because that's the thing right like rakakuni is just a throwaway joke that like she's trying to describe how the multiverse works and right she's talking to her family and she's like you know like rakakuni and they're like you mean ratatouille and she's like no it's like a raccoon that like but then you like see rakakuni and now we like, see it it's been like, a,
1: it's, it oh. has been created now
2: i mean
0: yeah. which oh. actually begs the question is that dimension just her misunderstanding
1: of (laughs) honestly well that's that's what i thought too because like i thought she was literally making up these universes as the movie goes on because like there's the sequence where uh jamie lee curtis is like running down the the the, um staircase to like fight her but she has to say i love you in order to jump universes to like learn how to fight her but I think that's why we ended up in the later sequence where they're in the relationship because she s- had to say, I love you, which is so bizarre. But she also probably yeah. created a universe where she's in a relationship with her. I now.
0: thought it was foreshadowing, but I yeah. like this theory that yeah. actually she's <laughs> right? creating. Or that the act of asking her to say, I love you as a ridiculous thing, mm-hmm. then becomes it's a a ridiculous thing.
1: Then it becomes yes, reality. Yeah, the
0: ridiculous thing becomes the new dimensional reality.
1: I think there's a little bit of that going on because the Rakakuni is like she got it wrong but then it happened yeah and it's, it's completely so innocent, bizarre actually it's yeah, like yeah. you know
0: immigrants are like trying to figure out what that was and they link it with something else that they know and it's hilarious and go full
1: on and full do it you know yeah, it's
0: hilarious and then it becomes its own joke like in the family it's, yeah.
1: or something it's a hilarious movie it's a hilarious movie um nancy i kind of had a question for you um i don't and i don't yeah Jordan, I didn't I didn't uh, tell you about this question, but I was thinking about like you know, Black Panther is like a moment of like African American like not I won't say takeover because that's not really what it was, but it was like uh, affirming that you know we stand here in the Hollywood community, we could tell our own stories on a big scale, on a large scale. Does this feel like a little bit of that for the Asian community?
0: Uh, for me, it definitely feels that way. I, I think Crazy Rich Asians was probably the version of Black Panther, um, mm-hmm. but not everybody was necessarily for that film because who yeah, wants I to feel be, like, you know, just thought of as crazy rich? I, mean, I honestly, I stereotype. honestly
1: thought about Crazy Rich Asians informing that question too because, like, I don't think everybody was on board I thought it was on board
0: for representation like we were on board for this movie is the kind of test case right for us that if this Mm. hits then hollywood has to acknowledge that we can make money at the box office that was that was my you know intention of supporting it and i Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it and i do love love rom-coms i thought and i love the books so i it was definitely enjoyable but it didn't feel like oh my gosh we've arrived (laughs) you know yeah yeah, this movie definitely feels like we're doing amazing shit. <laughs> you know, like that's that's yes. how it felt. It felt yes. like everyone has to acknowledge this as something genius. And that is, and yes, and Black Panther, I could totally see that because I felt that way. It, to this day, <laughs> not, no offense to Sung Chi, but I still think Black no. Panther is kind of the, the, the best Marvel live action film, right? I think. Yeah.
1: That's why I brought it up because I felt like Black Panther was definitely this moment where Black people kind of saw the dream you know saw the mm. dream in movies that we've always wanted to achieve and then it happened on our terms too like yeah we wrote the story we uh, the references are real and baked in and like they feel like a part of the story they feel like a part of these characters motivations and like where when i watch everything everywhere all at once i feel like this is a completely like it's a it's based in the real chinese experience living in america you know you kind of come here you kind of create a business for yourselves uh try to just like work it on your own and then the world doesn't necessarily match up with what you thought when you would get here right you have all this these tax problems uh they're not really looking to help you the government isn't really trying to help you when it comes to those problems um and you kind of get left in the lurch but you have this strong culture to pull from and to access. And I felt like that was kind of what was going on. And the story,
0: the trauma and the the trauma of that splinters, the family that carries from the home country, her abandonment from her father, right from generation to generation where the second
1: generation is not necessarily tied to those same, those same things, those same, uh, morals.
0: Well, it's a brilliant, really, representation of intergenerational trauma, because I feel like a lot of Asian Americans are kind of tired of the, oh, my gosh, the immigrant story of, you know, trauma and Mm. hardship. But this is Mm -hmm. different. This is actually, I think, you know, it's not a it's not a like, oh, you just feel horrible about the whole experience, but you actually can see the redemption and right. and even if some of it is fantastical i know that i've spoken to multiple asian americans who were bawling and they didn't understand why right mm. because there is it's like tapping into the truth and but also the uplifting kind of message right that, that right, all yeah. of this can't there's reconciliation it's possible love is possible and yeah that, um and that you know and And even as everything has been a disappointment, right? It acknowledges both the kind of horrors and the sadness, as well as the possibility of redemption. I think all of those things are, it tells a more complete story through this kind of genre bending, farce slash sci-fi yeah. i don't know we well, can because, throw like, everything in there so
2: because you have the
1: abil- ability to like like they're rocks so they have to sit there and have that conversation right they're yeah. forced to have these conversations in rocks these- with
0: googly eyes yeah. rocks with googly <laughs> <Don't forget. laughs> when she
1: turned around when she turned around with the googly eyes i like almost <laughs> lost my shit I'm right. serious. it's hilarious but it's also like right in the middle of that like really heart-wrenching moment it's like dead center in that moment yes, she turns around with the googly eyes. eyes as a
0: theme with oh Waymond. God. i think see, we don't even know for sure Waymond is the is the one that had put the googly eyes on the bags there's so much left right like, unknown yeah. that you you realize you have to kind of guess and it doesn't you have to infer yeah it doesn't matter if you know for sure or not no that's like what an amazing <laughs> film right where you right? don't know but you it, that's part of the point is that you don't have to know everything
2: yeah, I think the movie does a beautiful job of world building, right? But mm-hmm. also, like, trusting the audience to, like, watch the movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's it doesn't,
1: not... yeah, it doesn't insult the audience. Like, did you see that five seconds ago? So now you know what this means? Like, I feel like, not, no, sh- no shots on Marvel again, but I feel like <laughs> I, I've, I've been watching these Marvel movies for a minute and I feel like yeah. I have to know, like, did they grab the idol like five minutes before that so they have the power to do such and such? Yeah. And, like, this movie is just like, like we just talked about with the "I love you" three act situations, like did you catch that? Like that might be it, or like did yeah. you catch that this could be it from earlier? Like th- well, that yeah. rewards you so much more when you watch these movies, and like being told too, because yeah, like
2: I remember, you know, Get Out. You watch Get Out the first time, and you're just like, "Damn!" But then when you go back with the knowledge, you know, after the fact, and you see all those things and like things that people are saying to each other, just like. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: like, I honestly so... <laughs> didn't catch the Fruit Loops and milk thing. I just thought yeah. she was just a weird thing that she was <laughs> doing, and I was like, "Oh, she's
2: separating them!"
1: Oh! <laughs> like I didn't catch any of that the first time around. You <laughs> know.
2: Um, well, Nancy, I know we're we're running low on time here, but there's there's one last thing I want to talk about, um, and then there's just some some random uh, behind the scenes stuff that I find out that I, I just want to share with people if they don't know. But I really want to talk about Stephanie shoe because I feel like my god, like. This is, this is, this movie, again, this is the perfect vehicle, right? Because, like, Michelle Yao, all this time, you know, has deserved this role and, like, you know, finally get to now. Uh, listening to um, uh, Ki-Hai Kwan, like, talk about this movie and talk about, like, I basically rated 30 years for this. Like, this was yeah. 30 years in the making for me to get what I probably should have gotten, you know, all that time ago. And like, now I get the chance, you know, and we were talking about crazy rich Asians and he, he says that crazy rich Asians is the movie that he saw and was like, I want to act again. You know what I mean? Because I'm seeing this new generation of, of Asian, you know, filmmakers and writers and actors, you know, really like continuing to push through and like a lot of them credit him for, you know, getting them into acting and like being like an icon and inspiration to them. But he's like, but you're you're doing the same for me. Like, I want to repay you for you know all that you've done for me. And like that's me coming back and, and getting back into acting. Um, and you know, so this is the perfect role for him. But for Stephanie Shu, it's just like she's kind of the the unknown quantity of a lot of this. And originally the role was for Aquafina, who had some some different, you know, scheduling issues and couldn't make the role. And so you have the Nora from Queen's connection with the Daniels. She originally also was kind of like in a weird position because she was going to do this thing she was gonna be in shang chi she's in shang chi um but they were filming this movie and then it was like oh i can't go do that marvel thing you know but the pandemic happened and like they kept up with her so she's she's kind of building this momentum right where she has a very small part in that she's if you don't recognize her she's the friend in shang chi who's kind of like Talking to them in the beginning, and at the end. Um, oh yeah! Oh wow! Uh, and but now, like you see her given range and space, and like. Oh, yeah. All of this and acting, again, against these like titans of of legends, actual
1: legends.
2: (laughs) And she's at points not only just keeping up, but also like kind of stealing the scene in the movie from them. Uh, And so, you know, what what was your reaction to her performance in this movie? Because I think everybody killed it. Everybody was incredible. But I definitely came away from this movie really hoping and wishing like I want to see her in so many things.
0: I think she made me, I mean, I probably identified the most with her as, you know, as a child of immigrants um, Mm -hmm. in terms of (laughs) having, you know, parents where you feel like you can never please them. You'll never be good enough. You'll never kind of make up for all the trauma that they carry. Right. And then you end Mm -hmm. up having to kind of, um, you know, work with all the trauma that you are new trauma as well as the inherited trauma. I think she, along with all the cast, they play it very straight. It's a very ridiculous over-the-top film but they play it real like that you feel the authenticity of their experience like that's how you would act in that situation right Mm -hmm. no one is no one is exaggerated everyone is kind of like you know believable right and she is like everybody else playing multiple roles she is you know she's the original original joy where she is struggling with uh, you know her mother and her family ex- well maybe not her father I think her father pretty much accepts I think her father's it. probably yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. but her mother and then her grandfather accepting her career relationship which is very sweet you know and very again very real very um in fact I think they made a connection between her partner and Waymond right being kind yeah. of mm-hmm. and it's Michelle Yeoh's Evelyn who makes that connection mm-hmm. and then she's this like <laughs> villain of villains <laughs> she's yeah she is all powerful and because she's like actually I, I really identify with that villain someone who can kind of step back and see everything as it is and be cynical i feel like that's hmm. me too like me right now being you know in the middle of all this anti-asian racism acknowledging that our country is effed up right and um and that racism has been the core of this country and you feel like what's the point what is the point right so oh, i totally right. got her kind of um why even pursue anything when everything's just going to go to shit like that's that's yeah that is that is definitely i think she represents a feeling that a lot of asian americans are feeling
2: Mm. in terms
0: of um yeah what do we do like we don't see the violence ending we don't see racism ending and um do we actually still believe in love right and that's um yeah she she is she you're right you know she really i think um is extraordinary as a character and and she embodies each of those things and she's badass. Like she, she has all these crazy costumes. She probably has yeah. the best <laughs> costumes. Oh my God. She right? definitely has the best costumes. Yeah, her There's makeup. No and she has. she's she's so powerful when she's on, on screen. You aren't mm-hmm. afraid of her. You feel yeah. Michelle Yeoh's fear of her and you're intimidated. And you also want to see more. You want to know what yeah. is she thinking? What is she going to do next? Because yeah. we don't know. She's kind of unpredictable in that way.
2: Well I think that's a that's a great place to leave this conversation. We could talk about this for hours. Yeah, uh, we really could. <laughs> we'll more conversation. Before we get out of here, uh two things I want to share this this little anecdote about where the name Jebu Topaki came from because Daniel Kwan <laughs> uh was talking about it and he was saying that you know originally like he and his wife were just like thinking of names for their child and like he wanted something just kind of like what's a fun thing to say? Like I'm mean, saying this child's name a lot. Like what's just a fun name to like come up with? What's something that we could say? And so um, he had been reading this Miranda July novel where the main character is basically looking for her spiritual child, uh, and she she comes up with this like just ridiculous like kooky name for it. And he was inspired by that. Obviously, they didn't name their child Chobutabaki, <laughs> but he did. Uh, like, kind of take that from that and, and land with Jobu Topaki. but then he says that there's a deleted scene where it's a world where everybody is spaghetti, and so like there's a spoon that comes down and like will pick up different pieces of spaghetti and throw it against the wall, and like the ones that stick against the wall get to become adults, and so she was gonna like oh it was God. gonna be the the <laughs> the world that made the most sense to Joy and where she felt most at home. Uh, and that's where she was going to get the name Joku Tabaki, but then they just, just uh. they just ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a true meritocracy. That. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. There's so much stuff in this movie that we probably didn't see. And, like, you know, I don't know if, how much of it they filmed, but there might be just a lot of stuff that was just, we can't, you know, this movie would be four hours long if we. I know, need the kept ultimate added, edition you know, Blu ray,
1: I need all the secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Well, Nancy, thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, This has been a great conversation. Thank you. I loved it. Yeah. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you online. Tell everybody where they can find your book. Um, And if you have anything coming up that people should know about.
0: Oh goodness! Well, I am going to be on the tw- is the twenty fourth of Sunday? <laughs> Sorry, my dates. <laughs> actually, talking I about this multiverse. Um, but not yes, this. it is. Yeah. Okay. So that Sunday, I'm going to be on a panel with Roxanne Gay Whoa. talking hey! about Whoa! talking about art versus the artist. Whether you can separate problematic artists from mm. the art. That's going to be part of a, a Turner Classic Movie Fest- Film Festival. Awesome,
2: um, which
0: cool. is actually really kind of expensive to get in. So. Well, I think they're going to also air it on on the channel eventually. Okay. Please, please. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nancy W-Y-U-E-N. I pretty much tweet about this stuff all the time. I wrote a piece on everything, everywhere, all at once for Diaspora Times, which is an Asian 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 American um, Dino Ray Ramos' uh, his, play, uh, his, his newspaper, who he covers people of color, and it's a great uh, it's a great outlet. And what else? Um, Oh, my book, Real Inequality, Hollywood (laughs) Actors and Racism. Um, You can find it anywhere books are sold. So that is based on 100 plus interviews with Hollywood actors across uh, different racial groups. I also interviewed white actors. So as a sociologist, I compared because I wanted to Mm. to show that white actors did not have the same experience as actors of color. So I asked them all the same questions and kind of, you know, they were my control group. So (laughs) so, (laughs) even though they also felt like you know there's there's it's hard to be an actor right but they did not have the same kind of psychological Mm -hmm. um experiences and and turmoil in playing stereotypes Mm -hmm. because their stereotypes weren't racial right so right right right. yeah so that's that's my book so just just great being here with y'all and um, yeah
2: thank you yeah we'd love to have you you back uh sometime to you know if you want to talk about the white saver movie but we just love to talk about the book yeah 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 for sure Cameron, tell everybody where they can find you at on on these internets. Uh, you can find me on these internets at
1: um, the Blipster eleven thirty eight. That's Twitter and IG. I'd be posting foolishness from time to time. Um, and you can also find my sketch comedy group to Karen with Love at to Karen with Love on Twitter. We're also on IG, and we're on YouTube. Up oh, up. Oh. Got it got it all covered. No TikTok. All covered. Uh no TikTok. Well, we had a TikTok. We had one video. <laughs> so two care With Love on TikTok. You can watch me and my friend Alexis in one video.
2: All right. <laughs> um, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter at JR Sosa eighteen J R S O S A one eight. same thing on Instagram. Uh milestone DC comics stuff in the works. Gang gang gang, gang gang. Uh Red Sonya, Samurai Sonya stuff, working at Dynamite, um, more comics and stuff coming soon. If you want to check us out on Twitter, you can follow the show at white underscore pod on Twitter. You can also write to us at whitepeoplewontsaveupod at gmail.com. If you're you're listening to this episode, usually there's a lot more foolishness. I mean, this was a great conversation. This was uh, a great conversation, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, But, you know, the show we, we... Usually, we'll break down a white savior film and uh, get into all the ridiculous and Caucasity of it all. Uh, so, yeah. th- this coming week, we have an episode with um, the wonderful Elaine Shea Chow, uh, author of Disorientation, and we'll be talking about the Great Wall. So, if you want to hear us uh, talk about that insane, um, <laughs> that Damon movie, insane, well, mo- whatever, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, that'll it's be insane. that'll be the episode that's coming up this Thursday um but thank you everybody for listening definitely go see everywhere all at once if you if you're listening to this i'm assuming you watch the movie already or we just spoil a bunch of stuff for you but uh if you've seen it i'm gonna see it again i'm gonna see it again weekend. too so yes so if you've seen it see it again keep seeing this movie keep supporting keep this seeing movie. it uh buy it when it comes out stream it when it comes out like i want to see it i want to see it get all the awards and i want to see everybody in this movie just i really like, do want to see it get all the awards it deserves a lot it, of them so that's yeah um but that's going to do it for us peace Peace.
1: You, can't you, you, can't yeah. can't you can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be safe can't save us we don't want to be saved.